For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 127 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And that's right, no Will Witten this week. Uh, we decided, uh, well, I should say I decided to give Will the week off and upkeep uh, a little tradition that's gone on with the podcast the last couple of years, and that is I do a solo show. The, uh, the last week leading into the new movie's release. So, that's right, guys. You're stuck with me. Just me this week. Oh, solo. Yep, so no Will this week. Just me. Just, uh, I don't know. Gonna go over a little bit of news that's come out this week. Not a, well, I can't say it's not a ton of stuff. There has been quite a bit, but some of it quite spoiler Lurry. Spoilery. So we won't uh, be getting into that this evening. There was a... Uh, guys, I saw, <laughs> I saw a TV spot that showed something I couldn't even fucking comprehend that they put in a TV spot uh, less than a week before the movie comes out. Uh, and so we, we have an email about that specific TV spot, and we are going... Wait, I keep saying we. I will address that email, but it'll be the very last thing in the show, so... Anyone that hasn't seen the spoiler uh, in the TV spot and doesn't want to have that spoiled for them, you can um, just totally avoid that. So don't worry about uh, anything else. We won't cover anything too sensitive this week. Because, um, <clears throat> I mean, why why do that? We're, as of right now, when I'm recording, six days away from seeing The Last Jedi. And that is fucking awesome i can't believe it's here already and i wish it was uh i wish i'd already seen it wish it was now i was uh watching um tv with jesse last night and all of a sudden it just dawned on me like by this time next week i will have seen episode eight by this exact time next week i'll probably have seen it at least two times maybe three if i'm fucking crazy who knows but boy, is it exciting. I can't wait. Just think, guys. Think of all the shit we're going to finally know. And uh, 
all the things that are going to be set up for the future that we'll know about uh, in just a few short days. It's exciting. I can't wait. Got a uh, nice, decent-sized little group together going to see the movie on opening night. Uh, my buddy Steve will be there. Uh, my buddy Jeff. Um, will, of course. It'll be really good to see Will. I haven't seen him in a few months now. Um, my buddy Bryce is coming down from Memphis. So, yeah, have a nice big crew. Jeremy. And then we're all going to come to the house afterwards and immediately record a reaction podcast. So you guys will have that to look forward to probably really late Thursday night or early Friday morning, depending on how long it takes me to finish it up and how late we go recording. Um, We also have a couple of maybe special guests lined up that might Skype in. I just need to touch base with them and iron out the details on that. But uh, yeah, real excited. Can't wait to get to it. But guys, before we get to all the things that went down this week, I guess I should do a little solo business. What do you guys feel about that? I got caught doing solo business once when I was a teenager and we got a free preview of Skinamax for the weekend. But that, as our good buddy Maz Kanata would say, is a story for another time. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at Blue Harvest Podcast at gmail.com. We have shirts and things available. I've got my buddy Evan working on a really cool new one, I think. I think it's going to look pretty cool. Um, If you want to check out our store as it is now, you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash blue harvest podcast and guess what guys we're still part of the make star wars podcast network somehow somehow we're still part of the that group of amazing podcasters such as now this is podcasting steel wars rebel girl cantina cast rogue one a star wars podcast for winners podcast 2187 idiots array tarkin's top shelf first order transmissions and that damn ass cargo hold. <laughs> and guys, um, I'm actually probably going to be putting this up this evening on December 8th just to get it out a little earlier than usual because there's just a couple of days left to get our 2017 Blue Harvest Holiday Special, which is over four and a half hours of Star Wars podcasting holiday content. And it's not just me and Will. No, sir. No, ma'am. It's me and Will. It's also Jason and Amanda Ward, Chris Fresh, Sal Perales, Steel Saunders, my lovely fiance, Jesse McGarity. King Tom shows up, stops by the house and shares a little Christmas memories. And, of course, our good old buddy, that salty-ass mug, Soar's Bandine. Uh, and, guys, if if you want to, and you uh, have four bucks to spare, there's a couple of days left, all the proceeds from the sale of this holiday special are going to benefit the Kessel Toy Run, which is an amazing thing a friend of the podcast, Brandon Manriquez, has put together, where he is donating Star Wars toys to kids in need this holiday season. So if you want more information 
on the toy drive if you if you got some star wars stuff new and unopened lying around that you'd like to donate or you just want to hop on amazon or toysrs.com or walmart or whatever the fuck and send a couple of toys their way check out at the kessel toy run on twitter and also you can just go to makingstarwars.net and there's a wonderful post put together where you can see where to send all that stuff in and everything like that it's i gotta say guys <laughs> it's been pretty fucking successful i don't know if you guys are following the Kessel Toy Run on Twitter, but man, there is quite a pile of toys and activity books and blankets and plushes and all kinds of really cool stuff that uh, they're going to be able to go and hand out to some kids in need. Um, and you have a little bit left to actually send in toys. The toy drive itself ends on December 15th. We cut off the date for the holiday podcast just so... We have time to take the proceeds from all the sales and um, use them to get stuff for the holiday um, toy drive. And so far, this is not a final number, but as of right now, as of today, we have raised with the holiday special somewhere in the vicinity of, hold on one second, I'm pulling it up, 500 and 30 about 540 dollars so guys i can't thank you enough for everybody that was nice enough to purchase the holiday special uh it felt real good felt real good to do something nice this holiday season and help out some kids in need and uh i hope i hope you guys get the same feeling from either sending in toys or buying the holiday special however you have chosen to support this uh, wonderful little endeavor. Um, I got to say, I, I enjoyed it so much and it's been so successful that I can't see us not doing it next year. So, you know, already got some plans in mind for next year's uh, 2018 holiday special. So we're going to try to make it even bigger and better than this year's. So, um, you know, just thanks again, guys. That means a whole lot. <clears throat> so how are you guys feeling? How you feeling just a few days out from The Last Jedi? I'm saying this to you as if, you know, I can hear your answers back. Do you guys talk to podcasts in the in the car or at work? I don't necessarily do it at work, but when I'm driving around, sometimes I'll, I'll talk back to a podcast. It doesn't make a whole lot of damn ass sense, but fuck it. Whatever, I'm in the car by myself. So, uh... What's been going on this week? Well, you know, last week we talked about the Rolling Stone interview with Daisy Ridley and how she kind of made it seem like maybe she wasn't interested in appearing in Star Wars uh, past episode nine. And, uh, you know, the clickbait sites, the internet was a frenzy trying to get their uh, articles out first and get them clicks, them advertising dollars. But uh, she actually came out this week and clarified her position on this whole thing. A little, a little, you know, made a little more clear what exactly she meant. And uh, I'm actually going to play a little audio for you guys. We're getting fancy on this solo show today. Uh, this is Daisy Ridley on Entertainment Tonight talking about um, this whole not coming back after episode nine. So uh, let's check this out. 
You almost broke the internet when you said you're going to be stepping away from Ray. Misquote. It was a misquote. Okay, let's clear it up. What did well, you Well, no, firstly, that was at the end of a very long day, at the end of a very long shoot. It was yeah. pouring it down with rain yeah. in um, Montreal. We were talking about where the, the trilogy's going, whatever it is. All I said was, as far as I was concerned when I signed on, I was mm -hmm. signing on to 789. Right. I don't know about any plans beyond that. That's for Disney, that's for anyone else in charge but you to would decide. be open to it. Um, well, in my mind, that is where the story ends, and I think that's where everyone, for now, Mark's talked about it, the trilogies represent a beginning, a middle, and an end. But I don't know beyond Not that. for Mark, though, because he came no, back. Exactly. They probably thought that was exactly. the end, and then they but came also, back. But also, Star Wars works in threes, anyway. Right. So, um, so, yeah, that was misquoted. Okay, so there's a possibility. Yeah, who knows? See you guys. Nothing to freak out about too bad, right? Like, I'm telling you, like, money talks. And you know what? I almost kind of wonder. I don't know, maybe this is a slightly cynical take on this. But, like, do you kind of think, like, Disney, da Disney, Daisy's uh, people, her representation were like, you know, in one of these interviews, you should sort of mention that you think you're kind of done after nine. So when Disney and Lucasfilm come to you for another Star Wars movie... You know, maybe they'll pay you a little more. No, I don't know. Maybe that's not really how it went. Hmm. Either way, fucking pay the lady, man. I think as as big of a hit as Ray is, as much as personally I enjoy the character of Ray, and I'm by far not in the minority. She's a big hit. Pay the lady. Give her that money to come back. Episode 10, 11, 12, please and thank you. <coughs> Honestly, guys, I think it's a matter of time. I don't think we're going to get episode 10. I've said this so many times, but I think I guess I say it so much because I'm trying to speak this shit into existence. Does that make sense? Like, I am so excited about the uh, the Ryan Johnson new trilogy. I'm crazy excited about that. Uh, I'm looking forward to Han Solo. I would say so far of all the new Star Wars movies that have come out, it's probably the one I'm the least excited for. Granted, we haven't seen anything. I'm sure that'll change once we get a trailer and stuff. Which, I mean, from ever all the rumors and stuff going around, I mean, are we actually going to get that? With The Last Jedi? I don't know how I feel about that. Like, some days I think, fuck yeah, I'm ready to see some of this Han Solo footage, even if it is before The Last Jedi. Last Jedi. And then other days I'm like, nah, man, I want to just focus on The Last Jedi. Let me do that and then hit me with the Han Solo trailer. So, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. You know, one thing I've been thinking about, like, I think it would be kind of easy for the Han Solo trailer to get lost in the the mix of The Last Jedi and stuff. If, if they put it before The Last Jedi, and that's the first time chance we all get to see it and stuff. Like, it just seems like, you know, I know from a personal standpoint, like, if the first time I see Han, the Han Solo trailer is next Thursday when I go see The Last Jedi for the first time, and then me and all my friends and stuff come over to the house to podcast, like, I personally don't know how much we would even cover it after seeing a, brand, a full brand new Star Wars movie. Like, I'm sure we would touch on it, but I don't know. I just feel like 
And then on the other hand, like, you gotta do a trailer soon. That shit's only a little over five months out. I don't know. It's giving me anxiety a little bit. I'm, like, scratching on myself and shit. Um, but, yeah, uh, well, I got off track. That's gonna happen. I'm gonna hit some potholes, you guys. Sitting here at the house. It's a snowy Alabama evening. I'm looking out my front door at, mm, I don't know. About a half inch of snow. It, guys, it's a damn ass blizzard. Right? State of emergency. All the milk and bread in a 50 mile radius. Gone. From the shelves. Alabama flips its fucking wig. When we get a little bit of snow. But somehow Jesse didn't get off of work. Isn't that fucked up? I mean, all these state institutions and banks and shit are closing. I got a free day off of work. Hmm. That's, either, that's not here nor there. Whew. This is what you're in for. When we do these, I was actually weirdly sort of uh, stoked to do a solo show today. And then fucking 15 minutes in and my self-confidence is at a low. So, um, what else do we got going on this week, guys? What else? What do you guys want to talk about? Oh, yeah? I don't know if we can talk about that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, done with fucking... TV spots, my my dudes, done with them. Like, um, I won't go into detail, but there was definitely one, I, I sort of spoke about it earlier, that showed something I just could not imagine. I was so fucking surprised that they included this in this TV spot. And, uh, I don't know, man, that's crazy. Like, I don't, clearly I'm not in marketing little sweet tea um what but i i wonder like what's the benefit of um just a mere week out from the premiere of the movie um putting something like the stuff they've been putting in these trailers i will say this like there hasn't been anything where i was like oh wow that was more than i wanted to see until this one thing um and I feel like it maybe gave a kind of away a cool moment in the movie. I guess we'll know more once we have uh, the whole context of the movie to sort of examine in just a few days. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Um, so, J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams has been showing up a little uh, recently discussing episode nine, which... Man, that's a whole nother bag of dicks to think about. Like, we got the long two-year wait after next week for episode nine. The end of this trilogy. Already, it seems so fast. Like, within six years, we'll have a full trilogy. Whereas before, six years, that's two movies. You still got Revenge of the Sith or Return of the Jedi to look forward to after six years previously, you know? Um... I wonder when we're going to get an announcement about the other spinoff movie. What's the next spinoff movie after Han Solo? What's the spinoff movie that we'll get the year after Episode Nine? I'm thinking we don't find out until after Han Solo. I'm thinking we don't get that announcement until after Han Solo. Uh, oh, speaking of which, guys, big news. Han Solo teaser posters are out in theaters. Uh... And man, they give away some story, let me tell you. 
I'll give you a brief description. It's the logo for the movie, right? We've seen this before. Rogue One teaser poster, Last Jedi teaser poster, Force Awakens teaser poster. They're just the logos for the movie and the release date. I mean, it's cool. Personally, I've never seen one of those in a theater. And I'm not like a prolific movie watcher where I'm in the theater every weekend. But I go occasionally and I still yet to see one of these teaser posters. Maybe I'm just going to the wrong theaters. Maybe they don't get sent uh, down here into the wilds of Alabama. I'm not quite sure. But uh, back to uh, to J.J. Abrams. Um, well, J.J. Abraham. <clears throat> he, uh, not in any great detail, has been talking about Episode Nine a little bit to Rolling Stone specifically. That's who he's uh, been interviewed by. And this is what he said. When the opportunity presented itself to finish a story that we begun with these new new characters to tell the last chapter of their story, it felt like there was a chance to do it in a way where we could go beyond and do better than we did with Seven. And then he goes on to sort of talk about fixing some of the issues people had with The Force Awakens. I learned so much in that movie and I saw that this was a chance to sort of realize something we hadn't quite achieved. And part of this was it was simply the beginning of these characters and their story. So, um, the opportunity to sort of take what we had learned, to take the feeling of who these characters are and what they are, and give them a final chapter that felt in the spirit of what we begun, it was too delicious of an opportunity to pass up. I like that. Guys, I know, like, a lot of people are like, Hey, fucking JJ and his fucking mystery box, man. This fucking stupid mystery. I like him. I can't help it, guys. I like JJ. A delicious opportunity. I got a delicious opportunity, JJ. New Lost. Get on it. Call up Carlton. Call up Damon. Not a reboot, not a remake, a lost sequel. Do it. X-Files came back. Twin Peaks came back. Um, fucking Heroes came back. Give us some, a little more lost. Miniseries. That's all I need. Give me some Hugo, some Ben Linus. Jack Shepard as the smoke monster. You know. <clears throat> all right, guys. Um, I think that might be all the news I'm going to cover this week. I'm trying to think of anything else huge uh i watched a neat uh last jedi press conference last night which by the way i think it was for variety but i want to say it was moderated by uh oh, damn ass what's his name fucking the prez anthony bresnikan pretty sure that was him as the moderator um you know nothing huge it was just i like these promo things but let me say it was a lot of fun. It was great seeing, you know, um, Kelly Marie Tran up there talking about her experiences playing Rose. Of course, it was great to see Daisy and and um, Adam Driver and John Boyega and Gwendolyn Christie and Dom Gleason. Uh, and, you know, I'm all about some Mark Hamill. That was cool, too. But damn, if there is not just that tiny little bit of chaos that Carrie Fisher brought to these things missing. Man, I miss that. Because you know Gary would have been there, tongue all hanging out of his mouth, having a good old time. But yeah, man, that's uh, 
It's a shame. It's a shame that uh, she's not around because just in general, but man, there was always just something crazy or funny that happened when she was involved in these promotional things. And I feel that uh, that uh, is sorely lacking this time around. So it's a bummer. It is a bummer. Anyway, guys, why don't we turn them frowns upside down, cover a little emails and voice messages, and then uh, I'll get you guys out of here quick. I mean, what what, what are we really going to do here? You know what I mean? Like, we're so close to the movie. Why am I wasting your time? Thank you for listening. Why, why are we wasting some damn-ass time when what we really want is the movie? What I really want is the movie and then getting together with all my buddies, talking about the movie, and then the months of speculation, the two years of speculation and discussion this movie is going to spawn. Mm, can't wait. Anyway, uh, I feel like jamming some some fucking Kiati Mundi. How about you guys? Let's do that. Kiati! 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 Cockhead! The only Jedi master who can crash box Kiati! Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead! He's a big Surian stud! He loves to split chicks with his pud! Kiati! Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Kitty Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow Cockhead Lou Herb Cockhead Hansberger Cockhead Will Witt Cockhead Goose Paint Cockhead G-Money Cockhead King Tom Cockhead Joe Ah, there we go. So, let's uh, let's knock out the voicemails first. I got one from our buddy James. It's about the TV spot that uh, I mentioned earlier. So, like I said, I've already seen the TV spot. I'm sure some of you guys have as well. We're going to save that voicemail to the very end. Um, Just so, you know, if you haven't seen it and you don't want to know what happens, then you don't get spoiled. So, why don't we jump into some voicemails that are a little safer for right now uh let's see first up we've got i believe we've got our buddy king tom king tom don't let me down all right yeah king tom here he goes hey there hawes and will king tom here I tell you, I'm about ready to go in a hibernation or crawl into a bunker for the next week because this weight is killing me. And the fact that on top of that, we have all this stuff coming out that I don't want to... I mean, I love seeing it, but I don't want to see it. I'm just ready for this fucking movie. And everyone's talking about twists and mysteries and secret origins. and I want to ask, this is not about The Last Jedi. This is about storytelling in general. Uh, those elements, we've kind of been conditioned to expect them, especially ever since Empire Strikes Back, I'm Your Father. Uh, It's it, it seeped into really every genre. We got lost, which was built around mysteries. Do you guys think a good story can be told without 
big twist or a secret related origin or big mystery. Um, I don't have anything against them, and I think they're great when they're used to make sense. I just don't want to. I just don't want to feel like storytellers have to incorporate those elements just for the sake of having them. One of the reasons I'm looking forward to the new Ryan Johnson trilogy is because it, it won't have any real direct connections, or so we've been told. So you can't say, oh, this is Kitty Mundy's secret disguise, or whatever the fuck. Um, you know, it's just going to be a story based on what it is, and it's going to have to stand for that, and I'm sure it'll have some mystery or turn or whatever, but he'll turn, but we won't be able to tie it directly to what we already know. Um, so I'm wondering what you guys think about that. And you know, like, also, just coming to mind now, the prequel trilogy, the way we've seen it, it didn't really have any of those elements because we knew it was going to happen. Although, if you watch the saga in the way that George intended it, the, the surprises of the prequel trilogy kind of ruin the viewing or the surprises of the original trilogy. So it balances out, I guess. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, also, quickly before I go, I just wanted to say, you know, in, in seven days, holy shit, seven days, our Star Wars world is going to fucking explode in the best of ways, and we're going to have a ton more stuff to talk about and even more things to look forward to. And I just, you know, I want to thank you guys, Haas and Will, the rest of the Blue Harvest family, all the moisture farmers out there. I've always had fun being a Star Wars fan, but having you guys uh, around, listening to you guys every week, the work you put in, uh, interactions on Twitter, and y yes, this goes out to the community, but specifically you guys too, um, it makes it even more fun, and, and I really appreciate that, and I hope you guys have an incredible time next Thursday night, and I'm sure we'll talk. Anyway, I hope the wait isn't too bad for you. See you guys later. You guys, King Tom is just a damn-ass delightful person. I'm telling you. I was uh, I, I had talked to King Tom on Twitter, I don't know, for about an hour. Last week, I think it was, and it was just delightful. What a good dude. Um, Do I think it's necessary for there to be a big twist? Is that a necessary element I don't really think so. Like, I think Rogue One is a good movie. Uh, it's, you know, I have my issues with it. But is there a big, giant surprise twist in that? No. Um, I don't even know where you could have worked one in in that movie. Do people consider Vader showing up at the end and whipping ass like a surprise twist? Because I don't really. Um, no, I, I don't think... It is necessary. I do think you're right. I think we're kind of conditioned to expect it because of Empire Strikes Back. The other thing is, is it also depends on the setup movie. Like, to me, the way this trilogy was set up with The Force Awakens definitely seemed like they were setting us up for one. And I feel like we will get some sort of big surprise twist. I don't know if we need to count on it or... Or put all our eggs in that basket to where, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I guess I'm trying to say, like, can anything really be as big of a twist as Vader being Luke's father? I don't know. I don't know. And really, at this point, 
when you talk about twists in this sequel trilogy, my beard's rubbing up against the mic. I wonder if you guys can hear that. I can hear it in my headphones. Um, when talking about the sequel trilogy, the two big twists, I mean, Ray's parentage and maybe who Snoke is, right? And I don't know that the answer to either of those questions could be as big as Vader being Luke's father. Of course, I could be proven wrong. And of course, we might have the answer to one of, if not both of those questions in just a few days. I don't think we'll have the definitive final background on Snoke, personally. I think we will get some stuff, but I don't know that all our Snoke questions will be answered. In fact, I think Ryan Johnson has pretty much said as, as much in interviews and stuff. Um, but yeah, I gotta say, uh, I've always enjoyed being a, a Star Wars fan too, but not as much as I have since starting this podcast with my buddy Will. It has been such a fun ride. And like I get I get a little bogged down, a little bummed out sometimes about certain things and you know, I wonder like what am I doing? Is this is this dumb? Is what I'm doing dumb sitting here recording talking about Star Wars, especially in moments like this where I'm just sitting here talking into the abyss in my dining room like but Every time I start thinking about that, I have a kick-ass conversation with King Tom or Buddy Brad or somebody sends me a fire-ass Star Wars meme. Once again, looking at you, Brad. Or, you know, I get a, a text from someone. It's like, oh, did you see that new trailer? And I'm like, oh, I saw that new trailer. Oh, I think Ray is a Kenobi. Oh, I don't think you're right on that one. <clears throat> you know. Just, uh, it's a good time. It's an amazing time to be a Star Wars fan maybe even the best you know i wasn't alive during the original trilogy run and i'm sure that was pretty fucking spectacular uh but for my money it's the best time to be a star wars fan right now even when we get stuff that i'm not a huge fan of be it like a you know a episode of rebels that i'm not into or a comic issue or a book that doesn't really grab me for everything that disappoints me there's four other things that are really kick-ass so it's pretty good odds and i just got this fucking feeling in in my nuts that the last jedi is going to be something special i um i just oof. you know what i'm so excited for the last jedi uh definitely you know not you know taking a knock at rogue one but i'm definitely more excited for the last jedi at this point than i was for rogue one at this point uh but still it's not at that force awakens level i don't know that anything ever will be again unless star wars takes another extended break i don't know because damn that was just such a special time and you know it was announced in 2012 and then we had a little over three years before we saw the first movie and just three years of wondering and i was hardcore avoiding spoilers and Whew, man. Man, man, man. And here we are. Second movie in the trilogy already. Fucking crazy, guys. Uh, anyway, thanks for uh, calling in, King Tom. Next up, we got a first-time voicemail from uh, our buddy Brad H. And uh, let's hear what he has to say. I actually haven't heard this one yet, so be interested to see what our buddy has to say. 
Hey, Hawes and Will. This is Brad H. Uh, first time calling in. Uh, great program. I love it. Uh, I look forward to it weekly, so keep up the great work. Um, I just wanted to discuss a couple things. One, why Luke is the way he is right now, and what Ray probably is going to be going forward. First, uh, I think Luke's mindset, especially considering the title of the film, which we all know to be The Last Jedi, his mindset is such that I believe that he feels more of the same is going to equal more of the same. And what I mean by that is that if they continue down this path of uh, using the rules and regulations that govern the Jedi Code for thousands upon thousands of years, is going to invite an equal but opposite reaction from the dark side. Uh, and I think that Luke has seen that, and that's why he feels the Jedi has to die with him, which leads me to what Rey is potentially. Now, I'm not going to use the term gray Jedi because I don't think that that's even a possibility. I don't know how you could tow the light, uh, tow the light in the dark and be a Jedi. It just it, it seems counter. Nor do I even think that Rey encapsulates any type of dark. Uh, that, that, that remains to be seen. I guess what I'm saying with respect to Ray is that she is not going to be restrained by what we know of the Jedi Code. She's not going to be alienated in such a way that Ahsoka or even Anakin was. She's going to be able to do things that I don't think that we've been we've been able to see any type of uh, Force user do uh, while maintaining uh, some sort of semblance of self-control and um, uh, self-idealism. Uh, you know, she's not going to lose herself as a result of being constrained by antiquated rules and a system of keeping people from loving other people. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if any of that makes sense. I'm driving home right now and I'm tired of shit. So uh, your thoughts on that would be greatly appreciated. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to the podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Well, thanks for uh, calling in, Brad. It's uh, nice to hear. <gasps> oh, my God. You just scared the fuck out of me. Oh, my God. So you got off of work, I see. I didn't get that text. You guys, Jesse just walked in and scared the fuck out of me. I thought she was at work sitting here doing emails and voicemails for you guys. Oh my God. I'm just sitting here looking down at the mixing board, making shit so making sure shit's all recording right. And I look up and she's just smiling at me. Oh my God. I'm so glad I didn't scream. I can't believe it. Oh my God. Oh guys, I need a second to calm down. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. I'm back. After having like a mini heart attack because Jesse scared the shit out of me. Oh my God, you guys. Um, so back to Brad H's question. So I think he's probably onto something there, really. Um, I know that's definitely an answer I'm looking forward to finding out in The Last Jedi. Why exactly does Luke Skywalker feel like the Jedi should end? Is it a matter of sort of seeing the cycles that go through the galaxy with the rise of evil, the defeat of evil, thinking everything's cool, then evil comes back again. Um, is it the fact that he's just fucking tired of it, man? Like, he saved the galaxy from the Death Star. He 
brought Darth Vader back to the light side and helped defeat the Emperor and the Empire. Uh, and then he went to make a new Jedi Order, and that shit got wiped out by his uh, his little emo-ass nephew. You know? Could that be it? Could it be that he thinks taking the Jedi out of the equation will, in some way, take the dark side out of the equation? I don't see how that would work. To me, that just makes it seem like the dark side would go unchecked. I don't know. I do think, honestly, like, unless this is the true end of the Star Wars saga, as we know it, like saga films, I don't ever see a period where we're not using the term Jedi. Like, I don't see an episode 10, 11, 12. I don't see a sequel to the sequel trilogy where we're not referring to characters as Jedi. Um, but I think the definition of Jedi will change. Much like Brad was saying. I think a lot of the more restrictive uh, parts of the Jedi Code or the Jedi Order as we saw in the prequels and then the Clone Wars, I think those will be maybe wiped away and changed and, and thought of in a different way. But as I keep saying this afternoon, this evening... It's only a few days until we find out. Damn, I can't wait. Fuck, I can't wait. So soon. All right, so we've got... Let me see here. One, two, three, four, five emails, and then that one sort of spoiler voicemail. So uh, why don't we get to some emails? Our first one up is our buddy Patrick, who wrote in quite a while ago. I think maybe even back before The Force Awakens. Uh, and he's back, and this is what he says. Hey, guys, I think the last time I wrote wasn't, here we go, was in 2015, and it was relevant to Star Wars Uprising, so I'm probably overdue. After listening, or after having listened to episode 125, where you guys voice your opinions on Battlefront 2 and the controversy therein, Reddit's reaction, and so on, I knew I had to chime in. Chime in. All right, well, here we go. Let me just get this uh, centered a little better. This is a big one. That's what she said. I have been active on Reddit for about five years and on the Star Wars Battlefront subreddit for about three. All of which is parlayed a two thousand all of which is parlayed a two thousand six in two thousand sixteen that I was in Iraq and Syria fighting. Oh wow. <clears throat> so this was a topic that was particularly relevant to me, I felt. First, I'd like to say, I'm not trying to throw you dudes any shade. We are on different sides of the fence here. I'm willing to admit that it's, that it's more biased on this issue where you guys were more middle of the road. Having been a Reddit user for so long, I felt your characterization of Reddit overall wasn't fair. You need to consider that each and every subreddit has its own group of people that regularly go, and thus each Reddit has its own environment. There are absolutely toxic places on Reddit. But I don't feel the Battlefield, Battlefront Reddit is one of them. I like the sub because it's a chamber for many different opinions and not always, and everyone always, I'm having a tough time reading this evening, and not everyone always feels the same on issues, rather that it's just being an echo chamber. Though perhaps that characterization would be fair currently. Another positive was that EA Dice were actively involved in the community, and it's and in the lead-up to Battlefront 2015 and the newest release made it seem as if gamers' input was actually being taken, particularly for the second one. I would 
I just wanted to get this off my chest. That I felt you guys kind of too long didn't read Reddit prematurely. But to each their own, if you guys ever do feel like getting involved on Reddit, our Star Wars is always pretty relaxed, and there, there aren't too many assholes there. Buddy, I'd say that's fair. Like, you know, I'm by no means uh, a heavy Reddit user. Uh, I just saw sort of one example, you know, and it was people flipping out. And you know what's weird? Did you guys read the one one of the people that was claiming to be a, a developer for EA actually turned out to be lying? And was one of the people that was uh, saying they got death threats. I'm not saying they didn't get death threats, but it's weird that they were claiming to be a developer for EA and there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever that they actually work for EA. I thought that was strange. <coughs> Anyways, um, I feel I, I feel like that's a fair assessment of our discussion on Reddit. Like, yeah, we... Um, I probably was a little too... Uh, I don't know if I was necessarily harsh, but I, I judged it by just one single incident and a few times I've been on different subreddits. I'll tell you what, the t my favorite band is Tool, the Tool subreddit, those dudes. Am I about to do this all over again? Maybe I am. Maybe I need to shut up. Anyway, I'm just saying those dudes can be a little elitist sometimes on that Tool subreddit. Um, but Patrick has more to say. Diving into the meat of the discussion, I found you guys to be very level. I'm of a different mindset, where I'm frankly just over EA's tomfuckery. I was a huge fan of DICE's initial foray. It had its detractions, but overall it was a solid first in the series, and the DLC I felt was worth the money. I was happy to pay for additional content, given how satisfied I was with the multiplayer and community. I waited to get Battlefront 2 before replying. I wanted to make sure I wasn't just running my mouth and joining the group thing. So I bought an Xbox One S that was battle bundled with Battlefront 2. Unfortunately, it seems like a lot of the critique was correct. The multiplayer is, well, just not as fun. I regularly top the scoreboard for Battlefront 2015, but I get absolutely trounced in this game by other gamers who are at like star card level 24 or some ridiculousness. I won't out outright say, oh man, they paid cash to be so good, but I would say that it's just a flaw in the system. I really enjoyed Battlefront 2015's star card and progression system, so I find this loot box progression to be annoying at best. And it's just extremely complicated. Why the hell would I need three different currencies, two-thirds of which rely purely on some random ass Random damn ass. Nice use of damn ass, buddy. Algorithm that's that's crunching ones and zeros trying to simulate chance. I understand, as EA has explained it, that this system exists to encourage objective-based gameplay. But really, I feel like I'm not rewarded by getting a high amount of kills slash assist, nor by playing the objective. I play other games like Tripwire Interactive's Red Orchestra slash Red Storm series. What is that? I have never heard of that. Where the same kind of intention is implemented, albeit at a better level. Without being too long-winded, I just feel this game is terribly flawed. They listened to gamers who said they wanted a class system, but now there's a class system. You're limited to what weapons and what weapons, what troops can carry, and overall, 
the classes are kind of pointless. It would be nice if the officer actually held a role besides being a cheerleader and could act as a mobile spawn point or something to that nature. I guess what I'm trying to say is, regardless of the controversy surrounding the game initially, it just turned out that the game itself isn't very good. The story mode is great. I personally loved it and glad that we'll be having a DLC release that further story content on December 15th, on top of the Last Jedi DLC that adds Finn and Captain Phasma plus Crate. These things are things I would have gladly played for. paid for. I will shell out cash, cash any day. I will shell out cash on a free-to-play game like War Thunder. I think you guys fundamentally misunderstood the arguments being presented, on which Reddit seemed to be the catalyst for. People will pay for extra quality content. People don't want to pay for a game that feels more like its sole existence is to serve as an ATM for a company after having already paid between $60 and $80. People didn't complain about having to earn credits, which trinkled in at the same meager rate unless a spectacular round was played to purchase weapons and skins in Battlefront 2015. They're complaining now because now you and I could have played for the exact same amount of time and done equally as well, but if you get a string of crates that are better than mine, suddenly your lethality and survivability are double mine, even though we both should have progressed at the same rate. There are other things. The fact that I can pay 4,000 credits for a crate and get a handful of duplicates, I'll get return of maybe 800 credits right back, but I don't want to be... But I don't want to whine on, as this isn't a review of the game. The other thing I'd like to say is I don't see that how one could fail to see why Disney would step in in such a widespread, wouldn't, so that would step in in a widespread controversy like this. Star Wars now, Star Wars is now a Disney brand. Disney will do anything to protect Star Wars's brand image, especially before the immediate release before a film. I have no doubts that Disney stepped in and gave EA a nudge at 86 microtransactions for the immediate future. When your brand's image, and that's what it is, Battlefront or not, is getting compared to gambling in the Wall Street Journal and in Forbes magazine and have leaders in various European Union member states discussing whether or not microtransactions should be labeled as gambling and attaching this game name to it, then yes, there's an image problem. Other than that, I look forward to hearing you guys weigh in on Battlefront 2's issue every now and then as the game ages, updates are released, and more context content is released. I'm not ready to give up on multiplayer yet, but thus far I do find it unwieldy and uninspired and hoping to see positive changes. But I absolutely don't blame anyone who boycotts the game to make a statement to companies, namely EA. I'm glad to be back listening again i can't believe how good the show is going dudes i miss a year being overseas and you guys join a network or releasing holiday specials and shit fucking a keep up the good work dudes patrick wow thanks buddy that was a big one that was a big email right there my dude um p.s just bought the holiday special as well as stone cobra's high and mighty it's a travesty that that album isn't available on spotify i agree i wonder why that is i think it might be Whoever they had set up like their stuff for the second album or something. PSS. Also, I didn't mention it. I did mention pick up, picking up an Xbox One. If you guys ever want to feel frustrated in Battlefront or Battlefront 2 with me, feel free to send me a friend request slash invite slash fucking whatever lingo there is. My gamer tag is Veranicus. Fuck yeah, I'll add you, buddy. <clears throat> so, overall, yeah, you know, I can't argue any of your points there, buddy. Like... I just, uh, I will say this, after having some more time with the game, I definitely agree with the loot box progression system, 
where that's the system by which you get better shit and and better cards and things ain't great that shit ain't great i totally agree with that um i'm sure you heard last week will pretty much lines up exactly with you on your feelings so <clears throat> the other thing i'll say is um i was totally wrong about ea or disney not saying something to ea because like a day or two after we put out that episode it actually came out that disney did step in and say something to ea so you know that's on me i was totally wrong will was right on that one um and how could i fail to see that i don't know man I'm, i get i get tunnel vision with star wars like i just enjoy star wars will and i played like maybe i don't know an hour hour and a half of some Battlefront this morning since I had the surprise day off. And I enjoyed it pretty well. I'll tell you what's kicking my ass is uh, they got these Last Jedi challenges going on. And one of them is to get 50 kills with every class. That's rough for me, dude, because I just play fucking Assault. And now I'm having to do like Heavy and uh, Specialist and Officer and shit. I'm not looking forward to doing that Specialist. I am not a great sniper in video games, and uh, that one's going to be tough for me, <clears throat> but uh, thanks for writing that in, buddy. Um, like I said, I can't really argue any of your points. This is all, it's all a very subjective thing. I could see if, if Battlefront was all I was sinking my time into, which is, which is great if that's what you know, you're doing. Like I think anybody that's dedicated to just one game, I, I think that's cool. Um, I'll say this, I like it, I, I really enjoy it, but I don't like it enough to where, like, that's all I'm devoting my time to is Battlefront. I feel like by this point, three weeks or a month or so, uh, after Battlefront 1 came out, Battlefront 2015, uh, I had I had played a lot more of that, so maybe that's a little more indicative of what's going on. <clears throat> all right. Next up, we got uh, William. William's writing in. And this one's last one before the big night. Hey, Alls and Will. Well, the next email you get from me will be after the big day. Fuck yeah, Will. Hell yeah. I don't think I can put into words how damn ass excited I am for this movie. I can't believe we get to see Luke fucking Skywalker after so many years. It is truly amazing. I was reading an article from Parade titled, Why We Still Love Star Wars, and a passage in it filled my soul with delight. According to the article, the movie promises a significant mentor-like role for Luke and is in many ways about Luke Skywalker. It goes on to say that we are going to learn about this, his past and where his head is now. Ryan Johnson also talks about the potential for a new lightsaber hue, which I thought was very intriguing. And in any case, it was a pretty cool article if you haven't read it already. Finally, I want you know, want you guys to know how sincerely grateful I am for randomly, randomly arriving at your pod's podcast doorstep. There are a lot of good podcasts out there, but there's only one Blue Harvest. So if it makes any difference, I only have so many, so much time in my day to fill my head with Star Wars knowledge, and I can't think of a better crew than Halls and Will. Thanks for a great journey to the Last Jedi, as always. May the Force be with you, Will, buddy. I'm real glad you landed on our doorstop too, man. <laughs> and I'm glad you enjoy our show so much, man. That's um, I'm not great with compliments. I don't know if I've really talked about that before. I get a little awkward, not really used to them. Um, 
But it is nice. It's nice to hear so many people enjoying the show. Our little goofy little show here has done pretty well for itself, especially this year. I feel like this has been a pretty bang-up year for damn-ass Blue Harvest. Um, and we got some stuff planned for next year. Um, one, I, One's a long shot, but if I can pull it off, <laughs> I think it would be pretty great. The other one is something I'm pretty excited about, kind of in the early stages. Hopefully we'll have some more information for you guys after the new year. I know I'm being very vague. That's probably annoying. Um, but yeah, buddy, I am excited to see some more Luke Skywalker. <clears throat> Boy, did they leave us with a cliffhanger that last time. <clears throat> um, but, you know, thinking back on it, like, I remember going into The Force Awakens thinking, like, there's probably not a lot of Luke in this because he's not in the posters, he's not in the trailers, etc., etc. And then... You know, I was kind of preparing myself for it. I was not prepared for how little Luke there was. The other thing is, though, but once I got in the theater and I was watching The Force Awakens, it's not like I was sitting there going, okay, where's Luke? Where's Luke? Where's Luke? Like, the movie was so good and so well-paced and fast and fun and everything that it didn't hit me until close to the end. Like, shit, we still haven't seen Luke. He's got to show up at some point. Um, But yeah, it's going to be nice to get a full movie of Luke now. I hope they don't kill him. I hope they don't kill him. If you're if you got to kill off Luke Skywalker, give us at least episode 8 and 9 with him. Oh. I wonder what the tone of the reaction podcast would be um Thursday night if Luke Skywalker dies. It might be real depressed like hey, when we saw episode 9 oh, or 8 uh, whatever. Can't even keep it straight anymore. Does anything fucking matter? Oh. I hope they don't kill him. Uh, I wonder, I personally wonder about this whole new lightsaber hue thing. Maybe there's one in there. The way it read in that article to me, it said like, it wasn't even a direct quote from Ryan. So we'll see. I mean, the idea is kind of interesting uh, to have something new like that introduced. I also wonder if maybe, you know, in the trailers and stuff, we've seen... Um, those executioner stormtroopers that have like, nah, I, I'm going to take this. I'm going to walk this back already and say I don't think this was. Because like those guys have like energy on their weapons. And then like the Praetorian guards have what sort of looks like a little bit of a lightsaber beam on the blades and stuff of their weapons. Maybe that's more of what he's talking about. I don't know. Anyway. We, we shall see. It's not long now. <clears throat> I know I keep saying that, guys. All right, next up, we've got our buddy Kelso, who gave us an amazing gift last week and when he introduced us to Huru. Huru. All right, and that's what he has to say. Hey, chaps, many thanks for reading out my letter. Will was quick on the draw on that translation of Huru. Huru? Huru. Huru. <clears throat> you now have one up on steel. As I write this email, I hear Halls's voice in my head reading it as I type. Does that happen to others? Well, I always hear my head. <laughs> I always hear myself when I type. I rewatched the 40th Star Wars Celebration panel on YouTube, and during the Carrie tribute at the end, I had a vision. How amazing 
would it have been if they had arranged Leia cosplayers at the con to walk onto the stage at that moment? It would show Carrie's legacy. Then as a second stage, con cosplayers playing any and all female Star Wars characters walk on stage behind. Now I have to go. I was cutting onions. The Huru Kid. Kid. The Huru Kid Kelso. I like that nickname, buddy. The Huru Kid. Um, you know, <laughs> I kind of feel like the tribute they did to Carrie was pretty pitch perfect. Not that it wouldn't have been cool to see a bunch of uh, female, you know, cosplayers dressed up as Leia and, and other female Star Wars characters, but the video and then having John Williams come out and start his little mini performance with Leia's theme. Damn, dude. I gotta say, of all the, uh, things I regret missing out on on Celebration because there's just so much to do and see at Celebration and there's no way to take it all in my number one regret is missing that 40th panel and the thing is is like how could, how could you know like George Lucas, Harrison Ford, Her- Hayden Christensen, John fucking Williams you know on the other hand like I would have been balling I would have been a mess and then you know wouldn't want all my new friends that I'm just meeting in in person for the first time to see that. So maybe I dodged a bullet. But I do have nice fond memories of hanging out on the celebration floor, watching that panel on the big screens on like the uh, the con floor. But it would have nice been nice to be there. But uh, thanks for writing in, buddy. Next up we have our buddy... Aaron from OKC, Dear Halls and Will. As I type this, we are two weeks away from The Last Jedi. As time closes in on something that all of us moisture farmers are looking forward to, I find myself conflicted. Of course I'm excited for The Last Jedi, and I want to see it badly. But I also, I'm also sad that I don't get to be excited about waiting for The Last Jedi anymore. I get nervous about new Star Wars, which is something relatively new to get used to, as I didn't think we'd be getting more Star Wars before a few years ago. I'm not nervous about the film itself. I believe Ryan Johnson is going to knock this out of the park. I'm more excited about this film than I was for The Force Awakens. The prospect of the more mystical elements of the Force being exploited is endlessly exciting to me. I'm nervous because I love the wait, the build-up, the confusion, the hype. Oh, I like that. And once I walk out of the theater, that is over. We move on to another exciting phase of enjoying the film. I felt like this before Rogue One came out and everything was fine afterwards. I am fine. Definitely fine. The reason I'm not a total wreck is because we have Star Wars coming at us for the foreseeable future. Having Star Wars every year is guaranteed, is guaranteeing that I have something to obsess over. For that, thank you, Disney. Anyway, we are so close, so, so close, and and I'm just happy that I get to be alive during a time when there's so much wonderful Star Wars. Maybe I shouldn't worry so much. Thank you, gentlemen, for putting on a great show and for being good dudes. May the Force be with you, Aaron from OKC. Buddy, I I feel you. I'm a nervous guy, too, an anxious guy, too, and I love the build-up to Star Wars, too, but I get to this like the edge of the build-up a week or two, sometimes even like a month before the movie, where I'm like, okay, I'm tired of the hype. I love the hype. I love the build-up, but I'm just ready to see the movie. I'm ready to enjoy the movie. I'm ready to see what this movie has to offer. And, um, you know, this time, only five months in between movies, so that's a pretty quick turnaround. The question I have is, how's that wait going to be? How's that wait for episode nine going to be? 
kind of feel like it might be kind of tough, you know? Because <clears throat> we're, we're, at this point, we're going to be conditioned to three Star Wars movies in three years' time, four Star Wars movies in three and a half years' time, and then we got to wait, what, a year and a half? I mean, it's only six, seven months longer than we had to wait before, but I wonder how the promotional stuff for Episode Nine is going to go. I'd imagine it's probably going to follow a similar trajectory. Uh, why do I always try to say these words that I'm terrible with? I have a feeling it's going to follow a similar path. So, I imagine, you know, April-ish 2019, we get the first trailer, probably at Celebration. Uh, some sort of behind the scenes in the summer. Then, September-ish, October-ish, final trailer, and then the final movie in this trilogy. I'm telling you guys. I'm going to be sad to see these characters go. I am a big fan of all these new characters we've gotten. And it's going to be a bummer to see them go for at least a little while. Um, but then we'll have other new stuff to look forward to. Oh my goodness. It's, it's so much sometimes, thinking about all we have now and all that's coming. Alright, so this is going to be our last email for the night and then after this one more voicemail and this is from our good buddy brad love hey fam been playing a lot of battlefront lately and by playing i mean chasing around life wildlife while vader nick look uh, while telling vader look guys i'm having such a hard time reading let me just restart this one over hey fam been playing a lot of battlefront lately and by playing i mean chasing around wildlife while telling vader nick to look how cute they are while Nick's good buddy Wes gets mad at me for not playing the objective. However, all the sightseeing has paid off. The other day, Nick and our buddy Joe discovered some nice Easter eggs. One of the rooms in Maz's castle contains two intriguing paintings. One is a painting of Maz and Chewie. The other is a portrait of Hondo motherfucking Onaka. What does it all mean? We know she has a thing for Chewie. Did she have a thing with Hondo? I find it odd all these paintings are in the same room. No other paintings of family or loved ones in the castle. Seems important to bring up that there's also a big wooden wardrobe in the same room. Is this a sex thing? And the paintings are some sort of hall of fame? Maybe there's some kinky shit in that wardrobe. Could this explain why Maz unsettles Chewie? I don't know how to bring up. I don't know. I don't know. Brings up some important questions for the canon. May the force be with you. A bread love. Buddy. I, I can't say I would be surprised if we found out that there was some secret past tryst between Hondo and Maz. That's what I want to see. I'm not saying I want to see an explicit Star Wars cartoon where Maz Bane's Hondo. Who wants that? Somebody wants that, but I don't want that. But I, I want to see what their relationship was like. <clears throat> oh man <laughs> kinky shit in that wardrobe there's a lot of cool paintings in that battlefront game i was playing like i said earlier a little battlefront with will and we were playing on naboo and there's some really cool paintings of uh amadala in there and stuff i thought that was cool i haven't seen the hondo painting um next time i get in a match on that map i'll have to run around and see every time i go into maz's castle i end up getting lost and turned around and shit can't figure out where i'm supposed to be going i wonder man i wonder what did that little orange lady get up to with han or not han hondo 
and uh, old Chewbacca. How you doing, Chewbacca? All right. <laughs> Keep shutting that wardrobe. <clears throat> All right, we got one last voicemail, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, like I said before, I was saving this voicemail to the end. So if you haven't seen the latest TV spots, I would not listen to this voicemail because it gives away something I feel kind of big. So if you want to avoid that, then thanks for listening this week, guys. Sorry it was a solo show. Got to keep even the worst traditions alive, I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, all that stuff. All the good stuff at the end. Stone Cobra, holiday special, rate and review. Um, let's listen to this last email, guys. So once again, if you're sensitive to this sort of thing and you don't want to hear it, now's the time to shut off, and I appreciate appreciate your business. Hey, Hawes. Hey, Will. It's James. Uh, wanted to, to shoot you a voicemail because I didn't want to type all of this out. Watched the, the TV spot from Thursday with that epic shot of Rey right at the very end. And I was watching it with my six-year-old, who is a Star Wars fanatic. He, he reignited the fan in me. So that's something special that we share together. So all the TV spots we watch together, I'm taking him to go see it on, on Saturday. I'm going to see it on Friday because he's six. He's going to ask a lot of questions and have to go to the bathroom 87 times. Um, he and I have started building a Star Wars collection together. You know, just a lot of fun that, that he and I share together because he's not a sports guy. I'm also a huge sports guy. That's what I have with my other son. But we watched that that TV spot, and he lost his shit when Ray grabbed Kylo's lightsaber. And it got me thinking, how did we get to that point? And here's what I think happens, and I would love to have your thoughts. I think this is after the shot that we've seen of Snoke torturing Rey. And somehow she's going to finagle her way out of that. But since she's obviously in, in captivity of some sort, she's not going to have her weapon. So when she breaks free, she's just going to steal Kylo's and start ripping the shit out of every Praetorian guard and whoever's in sight. I don't think it has anything to do with her joining the dark side or, or leaning towards the dark side or anything like that, which will severely disappoint my son because he's a dark side guy. His absolute favorite characters in the entire saga, number one is Boba Fett, and then number two is Kylo. He is all about Kylo. But I wanted to, to know what your guys' thoughts were. Who knows? You might have already covered it in the in the first portion of the of the show, but like I told you in my last email, I, I love listening to you guys. It gets me through my Saturdays when I'm working from midnight to 9 a.m. and and it gets my my workday started off right. So thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Hope you all enjoy the Last Jedi. I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys think. And again, thanks a lot for that holiday special. I'm I'm chipping away at it. I don't want to use it all up at one time. And uh, so far, it's been absolutely fantastic. Thanks, guys. Oh, thanks, buddy. That's really awesome that uh, <clears throat> you and your son are starting up a Star Wars collection and, and that you're so supportive of, of uh, him being into the movies and stuff. That's awesome, buddy. And might I say, he has an excellent, excellent taste in favorite characters. Boba Fett is my dude. Um, I think you're probably pretty right. If I had to guess, that scene probably plays out 
I kind of feel like that scene we see in the uh, trailer of Snoke torturing or, or whatever he's doing to Rey. Um, it's him trying to break her. Trying to break her and bring her over to the dark side. And maybe she even plays along. And then maybe once uh, he's dropped his guard, she calls that saber to him, to her and then starts whipping ass. And I, guys, I think this probably shows us what happens in that behind-the-scenes reel. You know the what I'm talking about where we saw her training against a couple of dudes, two or three dudes? I, I have a feeling that's that scene. It was kind of weird, though, right? Seeing her with that saber for that split second, like... I don't know, it looks so huge in her hands or whatever. Like, I can't, I still can't believe they showed that. I still can't. If they're showing that, what the fuck aren't they showing us? Think about that. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Guys, oh my God. Just got to get through the weekend, three days of work, work from home early Thursday, and then it's Star Wars time. Ugh. Come on, Star Wars. Wish it was tomorrow. Wish it was today. Wish I'd already seen it. But uh, that's going to do it for us this week, guys. Thanks for listening. Like I said, sorry it's a solo show. I just figured I'd give Will the week off. He's got to make the trip here next week and stuff. And figured I'd give him a little extra time. Night off. Do the solo show before the, the week before the <coughs> movie releases. Like we've done the last two weeks. Two weeks. Two years. Um... Uh, you know, if you like our theme song, check out the band that was kind enough to pres- provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com on iTunes and on Spotify. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Guys, we took a little, a nice little bump in reviews the last couple of weeks. And I can't thank y'all enough. That was really nice to see. Um, jumped up a little bit. <clears throat> By the way... For you guys that have bought the holiday special, make sure to send in your proof of purchase to uh, either me at the Blue Harvest Podcast at gmail.com or tag uh, edechellis25 or myself in your proof of purchase on Twitter so you can get added to the raffle. Evan is giving away not just one. The response has been so great that now he's giving away two of his incredible uh, art prints. And... Um, you know, you definitely want to be in the raffle for that. I, uh, I've been adding people when you guys hit me up on Twitter and stuff. So I think I've got all of you guys that have, um, sent in your, uh, uh, proofs of purchases and stuff. So I'm just trying to make sure we get everybody added. So, you know, you can be part of the raffle. Uh, and let me give you... I'm going to pull up Evan's um, website real quick so I can. you guys can go and check out what you could possibly win. He's got some incredible artwork up there. My guys. My dudes. <clears throat> okay, so his website is just decellisart.com. D-E-C-H-E-L-L-I-S art.com. And just go check it out. Check out his wonderful artwork. Make sure you send in your proofs of purchases. You got, you know, just a little bit more time. Get us, a, you know, get a few more bucks if you haven't gotten the holiday special yet. And once again, guys, thank you so much to everybody that has supported the holiday special. That means a ton. 
And you know who it's going to mean even more to? The kids that you're bringing a little joy to this holiday season. So the other thing is keep an eye out on thecastletoyrun.com. Or not .com. I'm, I'm out of it, guys. At the Castle Toy Run on Twitter. Brandon is going to be posting an image of all the stuff that was purchased with the proceeds from the holiday special. And I can't wait to see that picture. I bet you that's going to be pretty impressive. So, guys, until next week, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Hans Burkhart. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with us.